This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. If you don't force behaviors, whether it's gender or race or just any way you want to say the composition of your team, we're going to have to force change. The big money, the big banks, the federal government, BlackRock, whether it's the University of Texas, hell, A&M's even this bad now, or Yale, or Harvard's the worst, Berkeley, they literally teach, and it's not just in the political science classes, they make a whole bunch of the CRT and transgender stuff and leftist queer theory, pedophile theory, mandatory now in these colleges. And it's in, it's in the high schools, it's in the junior highs, it's even in many of the elementaries. It's come out that the government keeps it secret across the country and files on the kids and the parents and try to cut the children away from the parents and convince them to change their gender. This is a multi-million dollar industry. Azra Namani did what more journalists should do. She filed Freedom of Information Act requests that forced school districts to reveal that they're paying consultants to spread critical race theory. I have the proof. We found 300 plus contracts and counting. Like every day I'm getting a new contract. For them to deny it is just part of their campaign. But that's just for teachers, says the CNN guest. Can it influence the way that some teachers teach? Uh, Yeah, but that's a good thing, right? Because race and racism is literally the building box of this country. I mean, this is already over the edge of the cliff. We're already over the cliff here, okay? We're, We're not about to go over the cliff. We drove over it a long time ago. You see the cashless society and you see the social credit scores and you see you go to the grocery store and they're in your face saying, have an app, use an app to be here. You'll, you'll get great deals. Here's a headline. China creates global AI governance initiative to control world's tech, control the population's mind, infiltrating our minds, the future of cognitive warfare, the official main operation that is now in full swing of the Communist Party China. And they admit it's a competing program to the West that has a very similar AI brainwashing, cultural control grid rolling out, but they're two competing systems because Xi Jinping about nine years ago broke with the globalist who he'd been allied with. That's what always happens with these tyrants is they'll work with each other at first. And then when one group thinks they have the other hand, the upper hand, they will make their move. It is funded by the most powerful banks and corporations in the world to promote classical malice, Marxist-Leninist ideology. And, 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 and the revolutionary form that they've chosen of communism, which is a bunch of different subsets, is the Maoist model. The Confucius organizations of almost all the major public and private colleges literally run by the communist Chinese. So the hour is extremely late. We're very, very far down this rattle. Remember I told you decades ago, China was funding thousands of colleges? for the curriculum, giving them billions of dollars to undermine America, to criticize capitalism, the nuclear family, while China is promoting the nuclear family to make us weak. And now it came out a few months ago that thousands of public schools and private schools are given Chinese communist money to follow their curriculum. So this is all paid for. The transgenderism, the communism, the critical race theory, and it's all coming from BlackRock and the communist Chinese. And when you go into a restaurant, they want to make you look at an app to order your food. That's literally through the global restaurant associations and the World Economic Forum and the big banks. When you walk in a grocery store, they're trying to make you have an app or Chick-fil-A. All of that is to get you ready for the cashless society. People say, oh, it's just a technology. No, it's designed and being implemented and rolled out 
to totally and completely make it a post-human world. If you don't have humans serving you dinner, or cutting your hair, or growing your vegetables, or raising your children, it's a computer, and it's an AI system where it can all be standardized and surveilled and tracked. So everything is about building new independent economies and not joining the big centralized economy as much as you can. They've already made it impossible, unless you're Amish, to, to not interface with it some. And they're simply looking at us as a commodity and saying, humans have always been cheap, but now they're garbage. And they just say the future's not human. Humans were bad. We're worthless. We hurt the earth. We don't have free will. Well, the globalists actually don't believe that. They want you to hate yourself and have a self-fulfilling prophecy the world's going to end in 2030 because if they get their plans of Agenda 2030 through, you'll think it's the end of the world. And for most of us, it will be. You're going to live through this. This is all going to happen. They're going to attempt it. Watching the American Journal with your host, Chase Geyser. Watch live right now at band.video. Welcome back to the American Journal, ladies and gentlemen. I am Chase Geyser, your host this morning. It is an honor and a pleasure to be with you this Friday, this beautiful payday for so many of you. And if it is payday for you, you know how to support the InfoWars, InfoWarsStore.com. We have some amazing deals available with some great products. I didn't even understand how important supplements were until I started to get older. You know, in your 20s, you feel invincible. You feel like nothing can stop you. And frankly, it's true. It's pretty much true. We saw what the young men did on the beach in Normandy. But as we get older, as I got older anyway, I realized how important it is to take care of yourself and supplement everything that the body needs. That's why I highly recommend that you visit InfoWarsStore.com. Check out Ultra 12, which is back at 40% off. We all know that B12 is a very important vitamin for the body for many reasons, like energy and mood and just everything working seamlessly. It's like oiling the motor. A new study links cell phone use to lower sperm count, but authors are downplaying the findings. Men who frequently use their cell phones may suffer from lower sperm counts than those who do not, according to a new Swiss study that adds to the mounting body of evidence showing a link between cell phone use and decreased male fertility. First of all, folks, it is undisputed that sperm counts worldwide have gone down astronomically over the years. I don't know when it began. I think it was right after World War II. We just saw a massive decrease in sperm counts, according to studies. Some people say that it's the plastics in our water, the microplastics that are floating around in our bodies. Others say it's other carcinogens or just pollution in the air. I wonder if it's linked to a difference in sperm count associated with the state of war. In World War II, we have a situation where, of course, there was high intensity, high, in high adrenaline, high physical activity among men all over the world. No distractions, no laying around, just intensity all the time. I wonder if what we're seeing with the sperm count is just a manifestation of men not doing what men were made to do, which is, unfortunately, fight wars. I mean, we're very tribal people. Evolutionarily speaking, we are designed to work together in small tribes, to outsmart other groups, to outsmart the environment, to be in high-intense survival situations. And I wonder if when we're not in those situations, that is causing this. But frankly, I think it's a little bit more conniving than that. I think it's a little more subversive than that, the fact of the matter. I think what may be going on is either an intentional or accidental 
side effect of this new sort of processed society that we live in. We know from leaders all over the world that there is a globalist agenda for depopulation. We know with the Georgia Guidestones, they wanted to reduce the population of the world to 500 million people. We heard Kamala Harris earlier this year say that depopulation was an important part of climate change. And we know that the whole entire philosophy of the green energy agenda is based on the premise or the theory that the greatest plague on the earth is mankind. And if we really care about the earth, then we must do something about this mankind problem. Of course, what's the point of having a healthy, clean environment if there are no human beings to inhabit it? What's the point of having a planet? Why do we care so much about this planet? Why do we care so much about having a home if there's no one to live there? But we know that they want to depopulate the planet. And the thing is, when we talk about depopulation, it's really easy to assume that they're talking about us, everyday Americans. And really, they're not. I think the fact of the matter is that when depopulation first takes hold worldwide— It's going to target the third world countries first. We see how these green deals, these green energy initiatives disproportionately impact third world countries who rely on the efficiency and cheapness of fossil fuels, of fossil energy. And when we impose these regulations, these mandates on the world, we see that they impact these people the most in terms of heating, preparing food, the different uses of energy that actually attribute directly to survival. I'm not talking about the luxuries of energy where you can have a TV on in every room all day or every light on in every room of the house, whether it's occupied. That stuff is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about people who actually need to use gas stoves or natural gas or fossil fuels or burn coal to actually heat their homes or prepare their food. These are the people that are impacted first. And we know from history that governments, despite whether or not they care about the poor, always neglect reject and blame the poor first whenever there's any sort of crisis. So if we're going to see this new world order establish itself in the world, we know that it's going to target the most vulnerable first, then the middle class, and then finally, once those collapse, the upper class. But they want a middle class to survive, if just barely, because after all, it is the middle class that funds the political class. It is we, the people, who pay one out of every four hours of our income toward this government so that they can sustain themselves in their mansions, so they can travel internationally, so the likes of Pete Buttigieg can go to Ukraine to shake Zelensky's hand, so the likes of those at Davos or the World Economic Forum or the Justin Trudeaus or the Joe Bidens or the Hunter Bidens can live in their mansions with infinite hookers and cocaine, all paid for by the U.S. tax dollars. So they want us earning and paying taxes But they don't want us to keep anything for ourselves because, after all, anything that we have for ourselves is perceived by them as revenue missed, as a missed opportunity, as a missed business success. So we've seen ever since the establishment of the Federal Reserve and the income tax that was legalized through an amendment to the Constitution, given that our founding fathers did not even want an income tax to be legal ever in this country, after all, it was catalyzed our revolution over a 2% tax on tea. But we see that ever since this income tax has been established, less and less of what we earn and what we do actually goes back into our own pockets. And anytime anyone is successful, the first thing we hear from the left is how they are not paying their fair share. Failing to miss the point, the truth, the fact, the premise 
that just because someone else is rich doesn't mean that you're poor. The pie is not a fixed size, folks. There isn't a limited amount of money. As we earn and produce and create value in the market, we can actually grow the size of the pie. We can grow the amount of wealth and value that exists in our economy. So just because someone else is rich doesn't mean that you're poor. But I'll tell you what, when a politician is rich, it is because they've stolen from you because we know that our politicians haven't created any value in some time. I suppose the last great thing that the government did for the people would be, would be DARPAnet. When they made the internet, that was an awesome technological advancement that advanced good value for all mankind. But since then, I can't really think of anything the government's done that I couldn't do without. Have they cured any major illnesses? Have they solved any major problems? They keep saying that they've gotten unemployment down to record lows, but they're not the ones creating jobs. And frankly, despite the fact that we have an unemployment at a record low, we have 1.5 million fewer people in the workforce to begin with than when President Trump was president. So they don't do anything for us. They just take from us. And now they're taking the most sacred thing from us with this news about fertility rates plummeting. They're taking away our ability to even have the families that we would normally have. And not only are they attacking it from a physical, from a biological, from a physiological standpoint, but they're attacking it from a philosophical standpoint too when you see signs up in cities saying stop having children. We have a government that's literally advocating fewer natural-born Americans in this country while simultaneously importing as many foreign interests as possible across an open border with barbed wire fences being cut by the very people who are hired and paid to protect the border from such an invasion. We protect the borders of Ukraine and we fight on behalf of Israel in the Middle East, but we neglect those struggling in Texas or California or San Francisco or any of the major cities, we import fentanyl into this country, killing upwards of 100,000 people a year while we complain about the dangers of gun violence. So yeah, there is a total depopulation agenda going on. They want to depopulate the poor, they want to enslave the middle class, and they want to perpetuate global power. Stay with us, folks. We'll be back after this break. Make sure you visit InfoWarsStore.com. Be the reason that we are still on the air. After being sold out for months, Ultra 12 is finally back in stock and being made available at an unprecedented discount of 40% off. Support healthy nerve and brain cells. Help make DNA. Help the body produce energy. Help produce healthy blood cells. And get the essential B12 for proper nervous system function today at InfoWarsStore.com. Finally, Vitamin Mineral Fusion is back in stock and now available for 25% off at InfoWarsStore.com. This specially formulated drink mix gives your body the essential vitamins, minerals, amino acids, and other beneficial compounds that support optimum health. Vitamin Mineral Fusion goes above and beyond the standard of vitamins and trace minerals. Our exclusive formula is loaded with 34 key ingredients, including 
vitamin C, E, D, B12, calcium, magnesium, zinc, selenium, L-glutamine, CoQ10, alpha-lipoic acid, folic acid riboflavin, and much more. Aside from bolstering your bodily functions, this drink mix is naturally delicious. And unlike capsules and vitamin pills, it's truly a pleasure to the taste buds. So if you haven't already, mix it up and take your health to the next level with Vitamin Mineral Fusion today. Now 25% off at InfoWarsStore.com. Bodies is back. The ultimate turmeric product on the market has returned to InfoWarsStore.com and is now 25% off for a limited time. Utilized for thousands of years, turmeric is one of the most studied medicinal herbs today. Hundreds of peer-reviewed scientific articles are published every year on the chemistry and therapeutic potential of turmeric and its active components. Bodies will reduce inflammation throughout the body, help boost and support flexibility, increase mobility, assist in joint function, bolster your immune system, and so much more. Regular turmeric from the store contains about 1-5% to of the active ingredient curcuminoids, but our super-powerful extract using Bodies contains over 95% of the active ingredient in turmeric. No other product can compare with this curcuminoid delivery system. So if you want to put the true power of turmeric to the test, then look no further. Grab yourself a bottle today for 25% off at InfoWarsStore.com and put your body at ease. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Welcome back to the America Journal, folks. I am Chase Geyser, your host today. New disturbing reports coming in. Infowars.com has been on fire the last day. Some of the articles have just been absolutely great. I always try to focus on the Infowars articles first before going to other outlets on this show. And today I was very pleased to see the stack because there is so much going on and our writers have been really killing it. So I highly recommend you go to Infowars.com, sign up for the newsletter so you get a notification every time an article comes out from one of our very own. Some kids as young as six months old got a double dose of Moderna's COVID vaccine, the FDA finally admits. Young children may be getting double the authorized dose of Moderna's COVID-19 vaccine, a mistake that could have serious consequences, medical professionals told the Defender. See, the thing about giving children a double dose that's really good is it means that the pharmaceutical companies actually sell twice as much of the uh, product. (laughs) I don't know why it is that people trust Big Pharma after all the crap that they have been caught doing forever. After all of the drugs that Americans are on, that people all over the world are on, that are not designed to cure any illness but just to perpetually treat it. I mean, we have the Biden administration bragging about capping the price of insulin, something, by the way, that the Trump administration tried to do and the Democrats rejected. I think he briefly pulled it off for like a month before it was voted to be reversed after his executive order to do it. And so now they're acting like it was their idea the whole time to cap it, but they're not talking about the fact that if we didn't have a diabetic, fat country, we wouldn't have to pay for insulin at all. And now we have pharma not only loving the fact that we are fat and need things like giant boots when our diabetes eliminates our feeling of our own feet, 
but we have them loving the fact that we're fat because of the insulin, loving the fact that we're fat because of the heart disease and the blood pressure medication, loving the fact that we're sad and anxious because of the SSRIs, loving the fact that we can't focus because of the Adderalls. They love every time you're sick because, after all, that's how they make money. And keep in mind, folks, that after the Affordable Care Act came out, after we made these changes to our health insurance structure in this country, we capped the amount of money that our insurance companies can make, our health insurance companies. I believe they can make only a profit of 10% more than the cost of health care. So now, for the first time ever, we've actually created an incentive for health insurance companies to want health care to be as expensive as possible because the more expensive it is, the greater their bottom line, the more money they make, the more profit they can keep. You know, an insurance company typically doesn't actually want you to file a claim. That's the whole point. They're betting on you not getting sick. They're betting on you not crashing your car. They're betting on your house not burning down. We hear stories of people having issues where something happens, like they get in a wreck, and the insurance company won't cover it. They won't honor the claim because of some fine print in the contract. Typically, insurance companies don't want to honor the claims. But we created some backwards reverse incentive, something totally antithetical to free market capitalism when we established the Affordable Care Act, the Obamacare, as Obama fondly calls it. And we changed the rules to make it look like we were keeping the health insurance companies from exploiting a vulnerable population by capping how much money they could make over the flat cost of health care. Well, I'll tell you what, I would rather make 10% of a million dollars than 10% of a thousand dollars, wouldn't you? And so they want the costs of healthcare to go up because that's how they justify increasing the premiums. That's why the premiums have gone up virtually every year since the Affordable Care Act passed, because every year the healthcare costs go up because the insurance companies want the costs of care to go up so they can increase the amount they're drawing 10% from. And now we have them doing things like making vaccines that don't work, that aren't even safe, for illnesses that aren't even dangerous, and then saying it's an accident when they give double doses to six-month-old kids. And it's like they care about kids. It goes straight into this depopulation thing. According to a November 1st U.S. Food and Drug Administration advisory, the agency has become aware that some healthcare providers may not recognize that the single-dose vial of Moderna COVID-19 vaccine for use in individuals at six months through 11 years of age, contains notably more than 0.25 milliliters of the vaccine. The FDA said some healthcare providers may be withdrawing the entire contents of the vial to administer to an individual. <laughs> Adults are supposed to receive a dose of 0.5 milliliters. The FDA did not elaborate on how it came by the information on dosing errors. However, according to the advisory, the agency had not identified any safety risks associated with administration of the higher dose, and individuals six months through 11 years of age. And no serious adverse events were identified related to a dosing error for the vaccine, except maybe the fact that we have 12-year-olds collapsing of heart attacks during cross-country races all over the country, except for the fact that maybe high school students we see collapsing on the soccer field is dramatically increased. I can't remember what the data says, but I know we've shown it that sudden death has dramatically increased. Myocarditis is way up. 
These drugs were untested, folks. And if the drug companies were going to inject 10,000 hemophiliacs with HIV and hepatitis in the 1980s under the leadership of Fauci, what's to say they wouldn't inject us with the vaccine that was harmful just so they could add to their bottom line? After all, they did make sure to protect themselves from any liability or accountability before releasing it to the public. These pharmaceutical companies want to kill you. Malpractice is more dangerous than basically anything else you can do in this country. Between fentanyl and malpractice, we're witnessing tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of deaths every single year. But they want to come after you because some lunatic who they made a lunatic in a war overseas shot up a bowling alley. They want to make sure nobody can have a gun because they care about life so much, but they want to import fentanyl across the border. They want to import Hamas across the border. We've seen our major cities littered with terrorists advocating for the genocide of an entire populace. And I'm no fan of Israel as a nation. But Jesus, we have people literally advocating the genocide of Jews all over the world. I showed you a video a couple of weeks ago on this very program of the Muslim Student Association leader speaking to a Jewish speaker in San Diego acknowledging that she was for all Jews returning to Israel so that Hamas or Hezbollah could eradicate them all at once, wearing that very neckerchief that we see on this screen in our very own country of protests. And I know that some of these protesters are just involuntarily celibate college males trying to get laid by impressing the cute girl that is going to these protests. I know that some of it is just misguided sense of justice. I remember what it was like to be 20 and to think that I was this idealistic person who could save the world with my backwards ideas. So I understand that there's a portion of these protests that are just ignorant kids that will grow out of it and snap out of it. But (laughs) there are way too many of them, a vast majority of them, who are actually radicalized terrorists. And if there's any radicalism that actually needs to be happening in this country, it needs to be radicalism for freedom, radicalism for the revolutionary values that founded this nation, that gave freedom to the world, that freed the slaves decades before indentured servitude was even outlawed in Britain. That's the radicalism we need. We need to be radicalized by the left, not on behalf of the left. How is it that they've accomplished this after the hundreds of millions of people that communism has killed, after all the injustices of socialism, after all the murders and rapes and incest and pedophilia of radical Islam? Why is it that we're radicalized toward evil? Let's be radicalized toward good. Visit InfoWarsStore.com. More on the other side. Please uh, remember... Your listeners supported, and we've got something back in stock that everybody needs that is so good to have in your medicine cabinet sports broadcast. We've got the best 30 parts per million colloidal silver out there. It's Silver Bullet. It's at InfoWarsStore.com. And you want to support the show, plus have something in your medicine cabinet, have to give to others. It's topical. You can also take it orally. Uh, it is. It really does a lot of amazing things, anti-infection, you name it. Nothing's a silver bullet, but it's as close to a silver bullet as you're going to get. Silver bullet, back in stock, discounted, InfoWarsStore.com. And we also have Brain Force Ultra, the incredible, fast-acting, nootropic, back in stock, 60% off part of the big sale. The new sale we've got, immune support, organic, green fibers, 50% off. Those are both incredible. Vitamin D3 gummies, amazing. InfoWarsStore.com. Or 888-253-3139. InfoWars.com is tomorrow's news today.
breaking through the censorship barrier, one truth at a time. You're listening to The American Journal. Welcome back to The American Journal, folks. I am Chase Geyser. I want to talk a little bit about this digital ID. We'll cut to a clip in a second. European politicians are raising the alarm over digital IDs, central bank digital currencies. I just left the room where we had negotiations about the digital identity, and I have bad news, announced Dutch member of the European Parliament, Rob Roos, on Wednesday. On X, he he shared this video we're about ready to run, and he tweeted, breaking very bad news, the European Parliament and member states just reached an agreement on introducing the digital identity. Directly afterwards, EU Commissioner Breton said... Now that we have a digital identity wallet, we have to put something in it, suggesting a connection between CBDC and this EID. They ignored all the privacy experts and security specialists. They're pushing it all through. I am not optimistic, but it is not too late yet. Parliament still has to vote about this. Let your MEP know that you oppose the digital identity and that you want your MEP to vote against it. Let's go ahead and run clip eight. I just left the room where we had the negotiations about the digital identity, and I have bad news. The member states and the European Parliament came to an agreement. That means that probably not far from now, the digital identity will be uh, a fact in the European Union. Right after this agreement, Commissioner Breton said, now we have the digital identity wallet, we have to put something in it. And what he meant was the digital euro, also known as the central bank digital currency. And this is a very bad development. They always promise us not to make this connection. And even uh, a lot of experts, uh, privacy experts and security experts, warned also last week this is uh, a a very uh, bad idea for our privacy and our freedom. And still, this digital identity is pushed through. But it's not too late, because we still have to vote on this in the plenary. So what you can do, send your MEP from your member state an email and tell him or tell her that you are against this tool. As George Orwell, author of 1984, once said, quote, real power is achieved when the ruling class controls the material essentials of life, granting and withholding them from the masses as if they were privileges. That's what this digital currency is all about, and it's actually what this conflict between Israel and Palestine is all about. We are told that it's about a territory dispute between the Palestinians and the Israelis. We are told that it's about a debate of who has a right to the land, whether it's a biblically granted right or whether it was the Palestinians who had a right to it under the British Palestine mandate. We are told that this is about Islam versus Judaism or that it's about Christianity versus Islam versus Judaism in the area. We are told that it is about the coveted holy land that is Jerusalem. And for many on the ground, it is. But for our leaders, this is not a principle-based conflict. This is a practical conflict. This is a pragmatic issue. 
We as the United States understand that if we are not competitive with China in the region, that it is a major threat to our national security because of the implications it has for our status as the global reserve currency. We know that with China's Belt and Road Initiative, they would have so much leverage over trade in the entire region, not just the Middle East, but in Europe and in Asia. They would have enough leverage that they could potentially subvert the dollar as a global reserve currency. They could potentially subvert oil being traded in dollar denominations because of that leverage. And that if that were to happen, the demand for U.S. dollars would plummet. If it were to happen in conjunction with a mass sell-off of U.S. treasuries by BRICS, we would see the value of the dollar plummet virtually overnight, leaving China as the 21st century superpower, similar to the U.S. in the 20th century. And so we needed to establish this IMEC corridor, this India, Middle Eastern to Europe corridor through Israel to compete with the Belt and Road Initiative in order to ensure that China cannot replace the U.S. dollar as a reserve currency. But in order for us to establish this trade corridor and get the necessary partners on board with it, there needed to be stability in Israel. The port is set to go through Haifa, the port of Haifa, the corridor is set to go through the port in Haifa. And we've seen reports that rockets from Gaza and the surrounding region are targeting Haifa. And so in order to get this corridor established, the threat of Hamas has to be neutralized. That's why what we're seeing from Israel in response to the terrible terrorist attack that happened on October 7th is basically a leveling of the entire region. We have clips of the Israelis planting their flag in Gaza, basically annexing. And we're going to see an annexation of Gaza and the narrative is going to be that it was in response to terrorism, that it was about protecting Israel from anti-Semitism. And granted, there is real anti-Semitism. Don't get me wrong. I'm not denying it. But this issue is about this corridor. It's not about this conflict that's been going out however many thousands of years. And they want to establish this so that they can compete with the yen and then basically replace how the dollar is denominated into this digital currency that they can control from a centralized location to maintain this fractional reserve banking system that we have, this Ponzi scheme that we have. Because they know that the current system is unsustainable. It's created several world wars in the region since we started with this fiat currency. Ever since we went off of the gold standard, we've had conflict after conflict. We've made excuses to get into war after war. We've created enemy after enemy with our sanctions, with our supplanting of governments. We overthrew Saddam for I don't even know why. We overthrew Gaddafi for I don't even know why. We installed the Shah in 1979 for I don't even know why. The reason we're doing all this stuff is so that we can, so that we can control the strength of the dollar in the region because we needed oil to back the dollar if it wasn't going to be gold. And we know going into the future that the demand for oil is going to change. One of the reasons that we always neglect to drill for our own oil is not because of these environmental concerns like they say. It's because we want the world dependent on oil overseas because that creates a global demand for the U.S. dollar, which bolsters our Ponzi scheme of federal fractional reserve banking. But we know that this oil thing is not going to be forever, especially if green energy actually manifests. If suddenly there's no demand for oil, what are we going to do? Well, I guess we'll need a digital currency so that we can control what people spend, where, when, 
And that's how they're ushering this in. They have conglomerated power. These are globalists. The European Union is a giant euro state, which will become Eurasia like Orwell. And we're going to the centralized banks are going to control where you can spend your money, what you can spend it on, and when you can spend it. They are taking away the free market because the free market is honest and the fiat currency is a lie and the lie cannot exist in the face of honesty. So they have to create an entire control of the simulation to perpetuate the fact that it is a simulation. They have to create the fantasy around this fake currency and control everything to prop it up. Just like the Soviet Union had to create the lie that communism was effective in order to prop up its country for as long as it was able to until the lie could not face the truth any longer. There's a famous line from the show Chernobyl, which was an outstanding show on HBO about Chernobyl, where it was Gorbachev, I believe, said, our power is the perception of our power. That's why these leftists, these socialists, these communists control free speech so much because they have to control the perception of their power. And the more leftist and socialist and communist and Marxist our own government becomes, the more important and imperative censorship becomes. The more dictatorial, despotic our leaders become, the more imperative censorship becomes. That's why we saw the shutting down over the last eight years of freedom of speech on the internet. That's why they hate Elon Musk so much for taking Twitter back because it is the last bastion of free speech on the internet. And that's why it's more important now than ever to support us at InfoWarsStore.com and see us for more on the other side. Please listen closely because this is life-changing critical information. The globalists are bombarding us with toxic chemicals hitting us in the air, the water, the food, the 5G, the poison shots, the shedding, the GMO, all of it. But God's given us compounds through nature that do incredible things in our body. And one of the most important, if not the most important, is vitamin B12. We've got the best organic vitamin B12, Ultra 12, a bestseller, finally back in stock after close to a year being sold out. You take it under the tongue for better absorption, and it's 40% off right now at InfoWarsStore.com. So go to InfoWarsStore.com right now. Get your Ultra 12 and other great products. And for 40% off, some products are even more, and it keeps the show on the air. That is a 360 win. The only way you lose is not taking action. I thank you all for your support, being part of this fight. Now go to InfoWarsStore.com right now. In the early 1900s, certain companies were off-gassing highly toxic fluoride gases into the atmosphere. The surrounding communities began to get sick. Laws were enacted to compel these corporations to install scrubbers to convert these gases into fluorosilicic acid, still highly toxic but containable. Now these companies had a stockpile of this poison, and there was no affordable way to dispose of it. Lucky for them, one of their major stockholders was also the Secretary of the Treasury, who was responsible for the public health service at the time. And by 1950, the U.S. government began buying this toxic, untreated industrial waste product and dumping it into our drinking water. Reputable studies show that it's causing various cancers and other disease. With the Alexa Pure Pro, you can have clean drinking water and a remedy to this madness. Available now at InfoWarsStore.com. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Information about 
photojournalist who documented the Hamas infiltration and slaughter of 1,400 Jews on October 7th. On Wednesday, we learned an organization called Honest Reporting broke a story about six Gaza-based freelancers from CNN, the New York Times, Reuters, the Associated Press, who appeared to be embedded along with Hamas. A Reuters journalist photographed a lynch mob brutalizing an Israeli soldier. So grotesque, we actually can't, couldn't show it to you there. And here you can see two photographers snapping photos of terrorists as they're kidnapping a woman there that was on that motorcycle. And then there was another selfie that we saw uh, someone took in front of a burning Israeli tank. CNN cut ties with the Gaza freelancer mentioned in the report. The Associated Press says that it had no knowledge of the October 7th attacks before they happened. But Rob and Charlotte, this is sick. Okay, for everybody at home, I know it's still early in the morning. Maybe you're si sipping your coffee. Just, just put it in perspective. Think about this. Imagine the Taliban tipping off a news network before 9-11 or somebody tipping off before a school shooting. And instead of trying to prevent that massacre and that loss of life, they showed up to photograph it. Yeah. It's grotesque. It's wrong. And I hope someone's held accountable. You're right. It's sickening. When you see that picture that we just showed, that image of the photographer taking a picture of someone being kidnapped... What does this yeah. world come to? I also, you know, I always listen for yeah, the source, ahead. Daniel, and I'm thinking the Associated Press. The Associated Press, the same media organization that people have access to worldwide, they still won't call them terrorists. They call them militants yeah. because they claim Hamas is the elected governing body in Gaza, so they should be called militants. It's, so I don't trust the Associated Press at all. Rob, it's worse than that. Mm. I mean, uh, when I read stories from Reuters, from the Associated Press, who we, were, we depend on. They still describe Israel as occupying the land here. I mean, Israel's occupying its own country. I, I mean, when, when, when people feel like the media is against mm. Israel, and, and then you see stories like this, I mean, the media really is. Yeah. There are members embedded yeah. in with Hamas who are, who are taking pictures and videoing. Instead of saying, this was wrong, maybe I should call someone and, tip, and do a tip-off. Let's get the pictures. Horrendous. It, it's just horrendous. Oh, so we'll yeah. have to see the story. The dam is breaking on this story, and we'll see what happens. So you're telling me that these journalists were embedded in this attack on Israel and that the CIA and Mossad had no idea that it was going to happen, even though there are reports showing that it was planned for two years. We have incentive for it to be allowed to happen by Israel because it justifies the annexation of Gaza, something we know that they want to do, something that we know the U.S. would support because we have to secure this corridor if we don't want the CCP to be the major power, the superpower of the 21st century. This is the moral conundrum. This is the self-righteousness and the challenge that our intelligence community, our government faces. These are the decisions that we are fortunate as citizens we don't have to make, but we're complicit in these decisions because we empower those who make them. I honestly think that our intelligence community looks upon the people in a patronizing way. I think that they've gotten to a point psychologically where they believe that they are of superior intelligence and that they are the only ones with the stomach to make the difficult decisions that need to be made for the sake of national security. I think they believe that allowing terrorist attacks sometimes is actually for the greater good. And we're seeing that play out here. Because if you look at it from a logical standpoint, let's just imagine hypothetically that if this conflict in Israel 
didn't happen. If these terrorist attacks didn't happen and Hamas and Palestinians were able to harass Israel in perpetuity, and therefore this corridor was not established to compete with the Belt and Road Initiative, and let's just say hypothetically that the U.S. dollar collapsed and the yen became the new digital reserve, global reserve currency, and let's just say hypothetically that the power that the United States had in the 20th century was shifted to China for the 21st century, I imagine that the war game scenario for something like that, when our intelligence community looks at it, is massive depressions, global depression, massive collapse of infrastructure, massive expansion of communism and CCP control, massive centralization of government and power among those most like Orwellian leaders that we could fathom. And I think they're running these scenarios and they're saying, all right, if we don't do something about this, we're going to see a 21st century so bloody that it would make the 20th century blush. I mean, we know in the 20th century we had the Holocaust, estimates up to 6 million Jews just slaughtered, not just Jews, but others, Freemasons being one, slaughtered 80,000 of them, estimates some show, any political dissidents slaughtered, anybody with an illness or an ailment slaughtered. We saw with the Great Leap Forward between 1958 and 1962, estimates ranging from as low as 40 million to as high as 100 million, likely to be in the 50 millions of people just starving to death because of communism, not to mention the tens of millions of people that were killed by communism in the Soviet Union, not to mention the millions of people that died in Ukraine under communism when their food harvests were taken from them by the state and then redistributed inefficiently. So we're talking major murder in the 20th century, regardless of how you push it, regardless of how you swing it, regardless of how many people you actually think died in the Holocaust or actually think died under communism. It was definitely the millions. Nobody disputes that. It was in the tens of millions. Imagine if the CCP had the amount of power that the United States had in the 20th century. We were corrupt with our own power, trying not to be corrupt and still did terrible things like Vietnam and the Iraq wars, the Afghanistan wars and the unseating of leaders in countries all over the world. Imagine what the CCP would do. This is, this is a, a culture based on a lack of conscience. This is a society set up on the premise that the people must obey and worship the leadership. It's basically the inverse of the United States, the premise of the United States. Imagine what Xi would do to the world if China was the global reserve currency, if China owned everything. And so the intelligence community gets involved and it makes decisions to allow attacks like 9-11 to happen. It makes decisions to allow attacks like Hamas attacking Israel to happen because it knows that that sort of event would catalyze the justification and international support for the annexation of Gaza, which would empower this competitive corridor to ensure that the CCP doesn't rule the world for the next 100 years. That's the utilitarian approach. The utilitarian says it's okay to kill 10 innocent people if it means saving 100 innocent people. But the problem is that the reason we arrive at this point where we have to make these decisions is because of the dishonesty in which our politicians conduct business. 
It's because of the corruption of our politicians. It's because of the overspending that they did when we were supposed to be on the gold standard. And then our international partners calling us on it and asking for their gold back when we didn't have it. That forces us into this fiat currency, which inherently is a lie. It literally means fake. And then to perpetuate this fiat currency, we have to do things like establish OPEC and ensure that the dollar is used for oil. And then when oil isn't needed anymore or when political dynamics shift, we have to come up with some other lie in order to prop up the fiat. So it's because of this small lie that we tell in the beginning that we arrive at these massive problems where where we we have to make decisions from an intelligence standpoint on whether or not we're going to allow the slaughter of a few dozen thousand people here and there in order to justify these major wars in order to keep the CCP from coming to power because we know that that would be even worse. And then eventually what happens is we slowly arrive at a place as a nation where we become the evil we sought to protect ourselves from. We start to do the subversive things that the CCP does. We start to enact the policies that the communists enact. We start to become the socialists or the Marxists that we've been trying to protect ourselves from. We start to do the things like the censorship, like the taking of arms away from the people, like the subjugation of our own people. And we justify it in the back of our minds. Our intelligence community justifies it in the back of their minds as this heroism, as this necessary act of evil to save a people, a country from a greater injustice. But eventually what happens is we become the evil we fight. We become the Satanists who fight, who originally fought Satan. The only way to rectify a wrong is not to commit another wrong. The only way to fix a mistake is not to make another one. So if we really seek justice and peace, and if we really value freedom and prosperity and all that is good, and if we really oppose all that is evil, we have to bring our monetary system back to an honest system. We have to bring it back to some other standard than this world war standard it has been propped up by. Because ever since we established the Federal Reserve in 1913, we've had world war after world war after world war, conflict after conflict, unseating after unseating. We have to get back to honest money, folks. More on the other side. Please uh, remember, we are listeners supported, and we've got something back in stock that everybody needs that is so good to have in your medicine cabinet sports broadcast. We've got the best 30 parts per million colloidal silver out there. It's Silver Bullet. It's at InfoWarsStore.com. And you want to support the show, plus have something in your medicine cabinet, have to give to others. It's topical. You can also take it orally. Uh, it is. It really does a lot of amazing things, anti-infection, you name it. Nothing's a silver bullet, but it's as close to a silver bullet as you're going to get. Silver Bullet, back in stock, discounted, InfoWarsStore.com. And we also have Brain Force Ultra, the incredible, fast-acting nootropic back in stock. 60% off part of the big sale. The new sale we've got, immune support, organic, green fibers, 50% off. Those are both incredible. Vitamin D3 gummies, amazing. Infowarsstore.com or 888-253-3139. 
people that are boys. And I don't know what that is. I've never seen one of those before. There are people whose gender might be a little bit of both or might even be neither. Some public schools and libraries (laughs) invite drag queens. Some dress like torn demons Uh, to read to young children. Parents' rights are limited, and children's rights are put ahead. So the child has the right to be protected from the parents when the parents behave badly. Yeah, Yeah, that child molester gets messed with the wrong preschooler. Uh, What makes you think he's a child molester? Oh, he's a child molester, believe me. Every child molester I've ever met looks just like that. And make gay little babies for the whole human race. Make a world we can live in where the one who you love's not an issue. We'll convert your children. What? Happens bit by bit, quietly and subtly. And you will barely notice it. You can keep them from disco. Warn about San Francisco. Make him wear painted pants. We don't care. And then you have talk show stars like Joe Rogan who just wing it, who make it up as they go along. And because figures like Rogan are trusted by people that don't trust real newsrooms, we have a tension, a problem that's much bigger than Spotify, much bigger than any single platform, Kate. But that's what's at the heart of this. Damn it. Everything on TV sucks. It's Alex Jones. the line. Get that through your damn head. Stop pushing your A few minutes later. We're gonna beat your ass. You just get that through your stinking traitorous heads. <laughs> but I will stomp your head in if you start a fight with me, you thug scum. You think I'm a coward like you? Uh, I re- uh, three days later. Whoa. I just got invited to give the commencement address at Harvard this year. That's amazing. I'm gay. There. Let's go get that. All right. So you get to wear the hat and everything? Guy, you better. <laughs> Don't worry. We've got more coming on the other side. About ready to cut to break. Make sure that you visit InfoWarsStore.com. 
Ultra 12 is 40% off at InfoWars Store. After being sold out for months, Ultra 12 is finally back in stock and being made available at an unprecedented discount of 40% off. Ultra 12 from InfoWars Life took the familiar Secret 12 formula and singled out one powerful ingredient. Made with this ingredient, the most effective and expensive form of B12 is available. Ultra 12 provides you with twice the B12, but it's 40% off, so you don't have to pay the full price for the full effect. Because B12 is a necessary nutrient that isn't found in any vegetables, it can be difficult to attain. Instead of getting painful injections or taking weaker formulas, you can support your energy production with the superior form of B12. With just a single ingredient, Ultra 12 can help you do so much. Visit InfoWarsStore.com, get Ultra 12, which is back at 40% off. Give me a ticket for an aeroplane Ain't got time to take a fast train Lonely days are gone, I'm a-going home Welcome back to the American Journal, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host today, Chase Geyser. I know I have a little bit of a controversial take on the real motives and incentives behind this conflict between Israel and Palestine. But the fact of the matter is, in just a sentence, what I think is really happening is we are engaging in this conflict in order to annex Gaza, in order to secure the deal for this IMEC corridor, in order to preserve the dollar as the global reserve currency. That's what I think is going on. And the, one of the other reasons that I believe this is happening, this is the reason, this is the motive, is because we see genocides happen all over the world. We see warlords in Africa. We see tens of thousands, if not over 100,000 Armenians experiencing total displacement, genocide, massacre. And we hear not a peep from our media, not a peep from our military or our political class or political leaders ever about it. But then when there's a conflict in Ukraine or there's a conflict in Israel, we hear about it so much. And it's because our intelligence community, our military industrial complex, our military establishment realizes that Israel is a national security imperative for the United States in terms of our economic positioning in the world. It's not because we care about their Judeo-Christian values. It's not because we're trying to protect Jewish people in the aftermath of the atrocity excuse me, that was the Holocaust. That's the reason that many of our voting class, our people, our, our heart bleeds for them and goes out to them. But the reason our political class, which has no conscience, cares about them is purely based off of economic strength and positioning in the world landscape. So it's why you see reports like this one that we have from the Washington Post of Biden's secrecy on weapons transfers to Israel, which is unnerving some Democrats. The administration has flooded weapons into the Gaza conflict with far less transparency than it has for the war in Ukraine. So we're flooding munitions into this area, into this conflict. Why is the U.S. sponsoring this conflict so much? We know that Israel has plenty of strength. I believe Bibi just called up 300,000 in reserves. I know people personally who have gone over to fight for Israel, friends of mine, even though I disagree with a lot of the premise around the conflict, I good people. And the reason that we're sponsoring this is the same reason that we're sponsoring this conflict in Ukraine or that we did sponsor this conflict in Ukraine is because the U.S. believes it's in our national security interest to establish this corridor. And the only way to do it is to eradicate the terrorism that has plagued Israel, whether this terrorism was in, in response to injustices inflicted by Israel or not, whether you disagree or agree with either side as to who the culprit is to catalyze this conflict, the terrorism has to go in order for the corridor to be built. And they know that the only way to establish peace in the region 
is either the eradication or total displacement of everybody in Gaza and the West Bank, primarily Gaza. And the reason that Jordan or Egypt won't take any of these refugees is because they don't want Hamas launching rockets into Israel from Jordan or Egypt because then suddenly it looks like Jordan and Egypt are attacking Israel. So since there's no place for them to go, they just need to be wiped out. That's the thinking. In our intelligence communities, like, look, if we wipe out 4 million people in Gaza or if we annex this entire region and basically subjugate it, that's a small injustice to commit in exchange for securing the dollar as the global reserve currency, in exchange for establishing this corridor to compete with China. They have to make these utilitarian decisions, decisions only necessary because of the lies that our political class has told, because of the overspending that our government has committed, because we circumvented the rules in our Constitution about money being printed based off of precious metals by privatizing the U.S. dollar with the Federal Reserve Bank, which is not a federal entity but a private bank. That's how we got around it. President Biden faces growing pressure from allies in Congress to publicly disclose the scope of U.S. arms being funneled to Israel as the enormous civilian death toll in Gaza draws international condemnation and increasingly unsettles Democrats. Quote, I do not support the administration's request to write into law waivers of congressional notification of foreign military financing, including for Israel, Representative Gregory W. Meeks of New York, the House Foreign Affairs Committee's top Democrat, told the Washington Post. There is no reason we cannot both ensure needed U.S. assistance is provided to Israel in an expeditious manner and ensure Congress is able to fulfill its constitutional oversight duty. Well, we're going to continue to support Israel, and we're going to claim that it's because of terrorism. We're going to complain it's because they're our greatest ally. We're going to, we're going, we're going to say that it's be, we're going to claim that it's because they are the only democracy in the region. We're going to use all of these semantics typically used to manipulate the mindset of the masses. But the real reason is we just want to protect the dollar and our power over the world economy. Meanwhile, erratic Benjamin Netanyahu, his war cabinet turns against him as Israel Prime Minister is criticized for being unfit to leave. Benjamin Netanyahu was forced to apologize after sparking a lot of anger in his war cabinet when he blamed the country's security services for failing to anticipate Hamas's October 7th attack. So maybe Bibi wasn't in the know. Maybe Bibi didn't know that this was going to happen, but I guarantee that Mossad knew. After all the surveillance that they had over the region in Gaza, after all of the agents that they have planted, after how much time and money and effort was spent on planning this, based on the fact that news freelancers were on the ground filming it in live action as it happened, we know they were planning it for two years. We know that they had U.S. weapons. That story suddenly disappeared. Why is it that we saw M4s instead of AK-47s in the hands of terrorists? Well, it's because we left all these munitions behind. In Afghanistan, Iran picked them up and either sold them or provided them to Hamas. And so between the trade route, the exchange of our weapons from Afghanistan to Iran to Hamas, between the two years in training, between the Mossad surveillance of the region, between the fact that we have these news freelancers on the ground, you're telling me that over the past two, the past two years, the CIA or Mossad didn't know that this attack was going to come? They knew it was going to come, and they let it happen to justify the annexation of Gaza to ensure that this IMEC corridor would be established. It's as simple as that. So I don't know if Bibi knew it was going to happen or not, but 
Whoever is running things in terms of national security allowed it to happen, that's for sure. And the U.S. has a very special interest in allowing this to happen, and we know that the United States is nothing close to shy of false flag operations, of exploiting crises, of justifying greater conflicts by allowing smaller conflicts. I mean, from Vietnam to Iraq, all of the wars basically we've been in have been started because of a lie. Whether it's the Gulf of Tonkin incident, whether it's the weapons of mass destruction, which were nowhere to be found in Iraq. We know that these events are used to catalyze greater violence, greater conflict, and not for the purpose stated. It's not a war on terrorism. It's a war to maintain control. In fact, it's much easier to get to the top than it is to stay at the top, it seems. The United States got to the top through World War II. And staying in the top has been a brutal conflict that's compromised the integrity of this nation and our allies and destabilized the entire global landscape. Speaking of World War II, Poland holds up Ukraine's EU membership based on Ukrainian World War II atrocities. Kiev has no chance of joining the EU until it addresses the matter of exhuming the bodies of Poles who were murdered during the Second World War by Ukrainian Nazi collaborators in formerly Polish territories that are presently part of Western Ukraine, a senior Polish foreign ministry official maintained in an interview with Warsaw's Radio ZET on November 7th. And people say that the only reason Ukraine was involved with the Nazis in World War II is because they were occupied by the Nazis and forced. But 250,000 Ukrainians volunteered to fight for the Nazis, and we've covered extensively on this very program that these sympathies extend beyond a coercion. We know that in, I believe it's Elkins Park outside of Philadelphia, there's a cemetery dedicated to dead Nazi Ukrainians. It's a Catholic cemetery established for those who served for the Nazis in Ukraine during World War II. It's got an Iron Cross statue with the Ukrainian trident-looking symbol in the middle, and it's been maintained since the 90s. The Ukrainians were avowed Nazis. They were dedicated Nazis. They were not coerced. I'm sure some of them were, but in large, it was voluntary because they suffered so much under the communism of the Soviet Union that when the Nazis came to Ukraine, they thought it was a relief. So they joined. But there's no denying that these people were Nazis. Some of them still are Nazis, and we have been funding Nazis in this conflict. Stick with us, folks. More on the other side. satanic new world order is betting against humanity they're betting on our weakness they believe they can destabilize civilization and bring us down into the ashes of history but the trap they've laid for us will be their destruction not ours if we trust in god and if we are valiant and have courage to speak the truth and not comply and engage in civil disobedience and not join the masses who have decided that they are the scum of the earth, who have decided that they will join with this soulless corporate system. As for InfoWars, we are going to steadfastly continue to fight in the information war with our weapon, the truth, against the enemies of humanity. And we put our faith, and we put our trust, and we put our destiny in the hands of God. Because it's been said a trillion times, if God be with us, who can be against us? The eugenicists over 100 years ago were very public about their plans. They financed major universities. They ran full-page stories and 
advertisements pushing their propaganda in the New York Times, other major newspapers, that the family as we know it is a bad thing and must be ended. And the first step in that is getting women out of the household and teaching women that cooking dinner and taking care of your sons and daughters and husbands is a bad thing. And I was just sitting here tonight making dinner for my daughter, my four and a half year old daughter. My wife makes dinner a lot of times, but I like to make it as well. I love to make breakfast. And literally, it's the funnest thing on earth to make food for your family and be nurturative and then all sit down together and have that communal event. And that's what the system is attacking and bombarding, is our normal biological actions are coming together. They really are sick, evil, scientific cult of filth that want to domesticate us and turn us into lab rats. We cannot let this continue. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. The World Economic Forum. They are, uh, I mean, truly frightening. Uh, This is a group of elites that... You know, every conspiracy theory, every, you know, star chamber movie is it's almost like a parody of itself. Uh, You know, they've got a guy with a German accent that leads it, a bald Bond villain. Uh, And they are they 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 truly believe that they can take the world and violate all of human nature and make uh, a new world. What are your thoughts on the World Economic Forum? Well, it should be disappeared, (laughs) intellectually speaking, because, uh, yes, it is a powerful force, and they're using the same tools that I'm advocating for liberty. Uh, I mean, you take a guy like Soros and others before, before the World Economic Council came, that, uh, that, that they got a hold of the educational system and then they moved along from there. Our universities were there. And even the, oh, with COVID, it looks like they've taken com- over completely the medical profession, yeah. which is really sad and uh, scary. That, that uh, yeah, and, <clears throat> but at the same sense, a few people have uh, awakened and uh, they, they know this and, uh, more people did. More people know what's went on during the lockdown yeah. than they did before the lockdown. Yeah. And that, and they're they're looking like the American people are ready to resist that. But just think, Glenn, how horrible this was. That if you were a physician and you were speaking out and you happened to be associated with a university or a hospital, they say, well, you you can't say that ivermectin can be used, and you and the patient decide whether or not you want to have it. You're out of here. And a lot of people lost a lot of a lot of uh, you know positions. They get fired. That that would that is continuing too. And that, that once again is the destruction of the doctor-patient relationship, which is part of all well, this uh, World Economic Council because they they are bad news. And uh, the only thing I can think of is counteract it with the good news of what liberty is all about. Well, there you have it, folks, the World Economic Forum. And keep in mind, this Klaus Schwab figure is not just 
a guy who happens to have a German accent and seem like a Bond villain and aesthetic only. His father was responsible for major nuclear weapon research for the Nazis during World War II. I don't know if you've ever played the video game Battlefield Five, but if you played Battlefield Five, there's a whole entire mission at a heavy water facility. They were trying to manipulate the water atom to see if they could establish nuclear energy. And there's an entire level in that World War II video game that takes place at this facility, which Klaus Schwab was in part responsible, his father was in part responsible for managing the research. He worked for that company as a manager of research. And so we have this person who is descended from directly a Nazi, not someone coerced to be a Nazi, but somebody who happily worked for and established a business to work for the, the Nazi regime. I believe he even actually moved to Germany from the surrounding area in order to establish this business. So it wasn't like he was stuck there and trapped into it. We have this person running the World Economic Forum with no mention of his background, no mention ever of who his father was. And we're suddenly just supposed to assume that this guy believes in some sort of altruistic great reset that's going to have this equitable solution, this environmental sustainability and governance solution, this diversity, equity, inclusion solution for the world in this shifting economic landscape. And we're just going to trust this guy. Got a new article on Infowars.com. Just close the effing door. Fed Chair Jerome Powell boots climate protesters after IMF speech interruption. Speaking of globalists with this International Monetary Fund, Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell called for the removal of left-wing climate change activists who interrupted his speech on Thursday before the International Monetary Fund. In footage going viral on social media, Powell was discussing inflation at the meeting in Washington, D.C. as a leftist protester barged in complaining politicians are dooming future generations by not taking climate change seriously. Feed then cut as security approached Powell, at which point the Fed chair can be heard telling someone just close the effing door as the protester was ushered out of the meeting. So we have this climate change radicalism, which has actually been established by the globalists as a way to increase tax dollars, pay out private contractors to develop the technology and establish the practices, and then get the kickback to our political class, all while they give speeches to the International Monetary Fund, which itself is part of the globalist agenda to centralize the way currency is transacted across the world under the control of the United States and our globalist partners – Their plan is so elaborate and ever-reaching that they even forget sometimes, these factions working independently forget sometimes that they're actually working for those that they protest. This all in the context of Greta Thunberg hilariously deleting a 2018 tweet where she claimed that climate change will wipe out all of humanity by 2023. Obviously, that didn't happen. Climate activist Greta Thunberg has reportedly deleted a 2018 tweet warning that climate change will wipe out all of humanity by 2023 if fossil fuel usage continued. 20-year-old Swedish activist's tweet referred to a grim warning from Harvard University professor of atmospheric chemistry, James Anderson, who claimed that pollution as a result of burning fossil fuels is pushing the climate back 33 million years to an era when there were no ice caps at the poles, according to Talk TV. Well, obviously, that atmospheric chemistry James Anderson professor needs to come back down to earth, and Greta Thunberg should ask herself the question, if she was wrong years ago about 2023 being uninhabitable, What else might she be wrong about? She's not the little girl she once was. She should understand now how these special interests manipulated manipulated her life and her career, similar to what we saw from 
Hollywood kids throughout the 80s. She was played. When is she going to figure it out? We've got a great guest coming up in the next segment. (laughs) John Doyle. John Doyle is a conservative commentator who discusses news, culture, and politics and is universally hated by liberals, socialists, and communists. Basically, if the communist revolution does happen, he will surely be the first to die in a state-sanctioned execution for unmentionable crimes against the collective. You can check out his website, heckoffcommy.com. His content is hilarious. He has been a guest on my podcast. That's how I came to know him. I love his perspective, and he has a talent for saying that which is true and inflammatory at the same time. I'm very much looking forward to having John Doyle on in the next segment. While we wait for that segment to come up, make sure you visit InfoWarsStore.com and check out Ultra 12, which is 40% off. After being sold out for months, Ultra 12 is finally back in stock and being made available at an unprecedented discount of 40% off. Ultra 12 from InfoWars Life took the familiar Secret 12 formula and singled out one powerful ingredient. Made with this ingredient, the most effective and expensive form of B12 is available but for 40% off. Because B12 is a necessary nutrient that isn't found in any vegetables, it can be difficult to attain. But instead of getting painful B12 injections or taking weaker formulas, you can support your energy production with the superior form of B12. With just a single ingredient, Ultra 12 can help you support healthy nerve and brain cells, help make DNA, help the body produce energy, help produce healthy blood cells, and is essential for proper nervous system function. With as many as 30% of adults over 50 having trouble absorbing B12 from their normal diet, it's important that you're able to avoid B12 deficiency and support your energy production for less. With Ultra 12 from InfoWars Life, you can take advantage of the incredible ingredient formula and start boosting your energy production. Don't miss out on grabbing a bottle of the concentrated B12 formula today at InfoWarsStore.com. Please listen closely because this is life-changing critical information. The globalists are bombarding us with toxic chemicals hitting us in the air, the water, the food, the 5G, the poison shots, the shedding. GMO, all of it. But God's given us compounds through nature that do incredible things in our body. And one of the most important, if not the most important, is vitamin B12. We've got the best organic vitamin B12, Ultra 12, a bestseller, finally back in stock after close to a year being sold out. You take it under the tongue for better absorption, and it's 40% off right now at InfoWarsStore.com. So go to InfoWarsStore.com right now. Get your Ultra 12 and other great products and for 40% off. Some products are even more, and it keeps the show on the air. That is a 360 win. The only way you lose is not taking action. I thank you all for your support, being part of this fight. Now go to InfoWarsStore.com right now. InfoWars.com is tomorrow's news today. Watching the American Journal with your host, Chase Geyser. Watch live right now at band.video. American Journal, ladies and gentlemen, I am Chase Geyser, your host today. Great guest coming up for the next 20 or 30 minutes or so, and then in the third hour, we'll be taking calls. John Doyle is a conservative commentator who discusses news, culture, and politics and is universally hated by liberals, socialists, and communists. Basically, if the communist revolution does happen, he will surely be the first to die in a state-sanctioned execution of unmentionable crimes against the collective. You can find him at Comrade Doyle or on YouTube.com slash John Doyle. John, it's an honor and a pleasure to have you, man. How are you? 
I'm doing well, but I disagree with uh, with your description, actually. If okay. that happens, I will be long gone. I will be in Montana or North Idaho or something far away from uh, the reach of that, hopefully. Yeah, well, I certainly hope so. <laughs> but they'll, they'll, they'll yeah. definitely be coming after you. Yeah. So I don't even know where to start with you. You're the type of person that I love because I can talk about anything with you and you have something insightful to say. But that also makes it challenging because it's like, where should we narrow it down? Obviously, we've got this major conflict going on between israel and the palestinians we've got these protests happening because the border is overrun we've got a culture that mm. is basically whitewashed and depopulating and infertile <laughs> what is on your right. mind lately uh honestly not a whole lot i i was doing some events last week so i was traveling a lot uh, yeah. i sort of divorced myself from the news cycle from yeah. really paying attention but yeah, you know, things are accelerating, certainly. I think I'm even going to update my content model to accommodate for that. A lot of people like to remind me that the infrequency at which I post is not really uh, conducive getting the word out on a lot of these issues that are more important in our culture. So I'm going to put one more big video out about ethnic conflict, American identity, immigration, the Ramaswamy campaign. But after that, I'm going to return to a much more regular, uh, shorter format, I think, so I can get the word out on a lot of these issues. Yeah, so... What do you think about this this border issue? Do you think that this is an intentional sort of replacement migration type approach, or do you think it's just incompetence of our administration that we have this border open? Oh, of course, of course, it's intentional. You know, there's this thing that people like to say where it's I forgot which razor it is, but they're like never attribute to uh, malice what can be attributed to incompetence, and it's like one of those things that sounds nice, but when you think about it, it's like why would I not? What do you mean? What do you mean never? Like, can't we think right. about it individually and sort of assess from there? But if it were just truly incompetence, there would be a couple things that you would expect, one of which being it wouldn't always be bad. So sometimes they would get it right, sometimes they wouldn't. Like you would see them realizing that the situation at the border is getting worse and they would be allocating additional resources, whether to build fortifications or literal manpower there to militarize the southern border, which is what needs to be done. And then maybe sometimes they're incompetent, guys get through, it is what it is. And then also you would see when there is incompetence, you would see apology. You would see, hey, we're trying to do the right thing. It's really tough. We've got these influxes of migrants coming over, but they never apologize. In fact, they double down and gaslight you into thinking that you're wrong. You're the racist for wanting your country to have borders. So it's certainly malicious. And if you look at the sentiment that is shared by the broader coalition, which, of course, hates America, hates white people, hates the traditional American society, which is being eroded by these third world migrants, of course, it's intentional. We have a new report here that figures are showing that the Republican debate viewership dropped 50% compared to the last debate. What do you think about all of these candidates that are running when it's so clear that Trump is just going to be the candidate? Like, what's their motive? Yeah. What's their incentive? Like, I love Ramaswamy. I, I agree with almost everything he says, if not everything he says. I think that he absolutely murdered the debate. But at the yeah. same time, it comes off like a model UN competition when none of them are going to be the candidate. Yeah, at best, maybe they're going for a VP spot, um, but really it's just to raise their national profile, to get more people talking about them, to normalize the idea that they are, you know, presidential material, so to speak. Uh, and perhaps there was some intention genuinely from people like DeSantis and Nikki Haley to try to dethrone Trump and get in with the donor base and launch media campaigns, hoping that eventually they could get the base on their side after everything goes down with indictments and convictions and what have you. But uh, I, I agree with your assessment. Ultimately, you know, it's not tangible. It's just this sort of like model UN LARP. 
Uh, and you see that a lot with pretty much everybody on stage where they're trying to like play the role as of a politician. Ramaswamy does it very well because he's kind of like a Trump, but maybe a little bit more educated on the policy issues, uh, maybe a little bit sharper, got some more energy. But I, I really don't like Ramaswamy uh, at the end of the day only because while he is good on pretty much every other issue and he gets away with saying a lot of things that need to be said literally because he is a minority, mm. He is still in support of mass migration, and he's in support of unlimited merit-based immigration, which is to say if somebody in India can fill out a paper that sufficiently demonstrates they're not going to be hypothetically a burden on society, they should just be able to come over and then replace American workers in tech fields or in labor fields or what have you. Uh, and that's just like, that's got to be my one issue, because when all said and done, Immigration is the only issue that really matters because it decides how the public is going to go on every other issue. Uh, and what we're seeing is as these people come over to this country by the millions, they're not assimilating. And to the degree that they are assimilating, they're only assimilating into this like new American culture, which is totally anti-American and hates traditional American culture. Um, so even if he is good on every other issue and maybe if we put enough pressure on him, he'll change on this one, which, you know, I don't know, maybe he will. But uh, I, I can't support him just because because he does not want to uh, stop the influx of immigrants into this country. He does want to secure the border, but that's really not why we're seeing everything that we're seeing in terms of the polarization, in terms of the general decline in standards of living. It's not because of illegal immigrants. It's because of legal immigrants that have come over, I think, 65 million uh, since the 1960s from Latin America, from the third world. So do you think that's a direct con contribution to this problem we have today where Americans hate America so much? Like, why is it that... And I see it mostly actually among sort of white upper middle class kids, this Gen Z generation sure. that comes through and they just love bashing America. And I know that I'm very critical of the United States, the government, but yeah. I, I think of America and the United States as two different things. I think of America as like the American class and I think of the United States as the political class. So why is it this entire generation just thinks it's so, so cool to trash America all the time? I think part of it is just kids being stupid and kids trying to be edgy. Yeah. Uh, this is something that we discuss in this video that I'm, I'm working on. If you look at the data on who actually is the most likely to, for example, describe the founding fathers as villains, I would think it's probably going to be like, you know, white liberal women, these college educated, you know, white women, things like that. But even they are only something like, I think it was like 10% or something describing them as villains. And the most likely to describe the founding fathers as villains were these immigrant groups, were, you know, ethnic minorities in the country, which maybe you would expect, but you still you're like, well, I mean, come on, the white liberals have got to be just as just as bad. But, you know, they are bad, but they're just not as bad. And I think that the reason for that is a lot of what you see in younger generations is that the uh, Gen Z in particular, they don't really have the sort of millennial culture or maybe Gen X culture that you, existed in this country. All of their like slang and popular music is all just minority culture. Uh, like Gen Z doesn't have like, dude, that'd be all time. Dude, that's rad. They just have like, you know, Ebonics. Like they literally speak uh, in African-American vernacular English, as it were. And that's like their slang. They don't have like this sort of independent youth culture. It's basically just like assimilating into predominant minority culture uh, with rap music, with the celebrities that they look up to, the sort of social media figures they look up to. It's all like not traditional American wasp or even like, you know, uh, screw you, mom, like rebelling against that traditional culture. It's like this totally new thing. So I think that a lot of the reason is because their friends, their culture is majority minority. 
And so when these things are going on and all of a sudden all their favorite rappers and all their friends are talking about Black Lives Matter, they're talking about you got to wave, uh, post a square on Instagram, you got to say that America is evil. They're really not too worried about their family, maybe their country. They're more worried about what every other kid is doing uh, and sort of, you know, going against the traditional American way of doing things and our values and our beliefs and legal foundations. And so I think that's probably a lot of what it is. You really didn't see this in prior generations, even when, you know, obviously the, the communist propaganda is much more solidified now, but even when it was still nothing to scoff at, you didn't see the, the degree of anti-American sentiment that you see nowadays. And I think it's just because the country has changed. You know, the people who are the most likely to want to preserve the country because they have the deepest roots here are getting less and less political power by the year because they're dying off, uh, baby boomers. So I think as the country continues that trajectory, it's just going to accelerate. Wow, awesome insight there. We're gonna speak more with John Doyle on the other side of this break coming up in 10 seconds. Make sure you check him out on X at Comrade Doyle and there will be more on the other side. I have been in a 28 year marathon battle with a globalist. I have come from nowhere to the very heights of politics, not just in America, but in the world. We are engaging the globalist at point blank range in the information war, but I don't deserve the credit. Yes, I've persevered, but the listeners and viewers who support InfoWars are the real reason we've had the success. We're having now the greatest victories in the fight against the new world order we've ever had. We are now entering the final mile of the marathon. And that's why today it's more important than ever to realize how important you've been in this fight and to continue in the efforts you've been carrying out and to intensify them. God bless you all. I salute you. I thank you. And I beg you to intensify what you're doing now because we are over the target and history is happening. The fight is my fight. It's your fight. It's our fight. God bless you all. Finally, after close to a year, in early November, where I'm cutting this ad, we finally got one of our flagship products back in stock, Ultra 12, the highest quality vitamin B12 organic. You take it out of the tongue so you get better absorption of the body through your blood vessels and what it does to every system in your body is simply incredible. It's the natural, clean energy, focus, immune system, everything. And it's 40% off exclusively at InfoWarsStore.com. This has been rated as the best B12 in the country. It's available from a top lab that we private label it through at InfoWarsStore.com. Ultra 12, vitamin B12, taken sublingually, now back in stock at InfoWarsStore.com, or you can call toll-free and order it as well, 888-253-3139, and Ultra 12 funds the InfoWar as well. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. the American Journal. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Chase Geyser, your host today with the very distinguished guest, John Doyle. You can find at Comrade Doyle on X. John, I want to run this short little one minute clip of Elon Musk talking about communism and the woke mind virus because it occurred to me over the break how bizarre it is that 
there's so much embracing of Marxist ideology and communism in general, especially in our culture, given how well-documented and obvious it is that communism doesn't work economically and it results in mass genocide to the tune of tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of people. So let's go ahead and run clip three, and then we'll talk about it. Over the past year or so since, since purchasing X, you've become more political. Is there a part of you that regrets that? Have I? In this battle to um, sort of counterweigh the, the woke that comes from Yeah, I guess if you, if you consider fighting the, the woke mind virus, which I consider to be a civilizational threat, to be political, then yes. So basically going into the, the battle, the battleground of politics. I mean, is there a part of you that regrets yes, that? Yes, I don't know if this is necessarily sort of one candidate or another candidate, but it's, um, I'm generally against things that are anti-meritocratic uh, or where there's an attempt to suppress discussion, um, where e even discussing a topic is, uh, you know, not allowed. Um, the book Bind Virus is communism rebranded. What comes to mind when you see that, John? I think he's correct. I'm disappointed that he's talking to Lex Friedman. I think that guy is like totally just midwit, 110 IQ, like Reddit personified. Uh, I think that he was like totally manufactured his sort of ascent into the algorithm. So, but I understand why he did it, I suppose. Um, I agree with that. I think that a lot of the, the problem we have when assessing the way the left is so pro-communism or pro-socialism is we think that they're viewing it through the lens of what works. And so we're trying to throw these facts at them about communist genocides or even at just the very theoretical level about how, like, economically speaking, it doesn't work. And they dismiss that. And we think, well, maybe we're just not articulating it properly. Maybe we just need to get our facts a little bit more together. But they're not viewing it through that lens. They're viewing it through a lens of resentment. These people are working at Starbucks. These people are tens of thousands of dollars in debt. Some of that maybe is their fault. Some of it maybe not so. Uh, but they are ultimately driven by resentment. And you see this throughout history as well, whether in France or Russia, Spain. I mean, all these communists have one thing in common, which is that they're basically these freaks who are resentful against normal people, against excellence. And so insofar as they regard that to be America, they're, of course, going to have a problem with it. Um, and I think that we make the mistake of thinking too highly of their intentions and that they simply just want things to be more equal. And it's like, well, maybe that's part of it, but that is because they are incapable of achieving these sorts of material standards of living prosperity by themselves. And so they want to just like tear the whole system down uh, to accommodate their own inadequacy. How do we shift the object of their resentment? Uh, well, I think that we would have to make the because I don't fully fault them. I think there are a lot of things wrong with our society, whether it's the predatory loans or even the declining standard of living with lifestyle inflation. And I think that uh, if we actually had an economy that worked for the average person again, it would be less easy for them to gain the sympathies of younger people, the masses. You know, you would always have these extremists on the far end. It is what it is. But it would be a lot more difficult for them to win the sympathy of people um, if they weren't able to have these complaints resonate about the way that our country has declined in terms of its ability to provide a, an easy pathway for people to more or less keep their nose clean, get a job, graduate high school, and still be able to support a family, which is something that was 
easy. I mean, that was like easily just that was like a even a low class aspiration in my dad's or my grandparents' generation. That was like the bare minimum you could do. But now that's something that's almost like the ultimate aspiration. Like as long as I can just raise a family, I've made it. And it's like, well, of course, but that should be like the bare minimum that the country allows you to do economically. But that's like where we are now, where even that seems like so far fetched that that's what people are orienting their goals towards. Well, I think it's certainly historically backed that the more desperate a people become, the more radicalized they become, either toward the left or toward the right. It just depends yeah. on sort of how that power plays out. We saw what happened in the Weimar Republic at the end of the 20s, early 30s. But at the same token, it seems to me that during the first three years of Trump's presidency, the better that he was doing, the better that things were going in the country, the more radical the left became in their hate of him and how good it was. They, they would try to impeach him over and over again. They would do these George Floyd protests. It's like the better things went, the, the worse the hatred was. It was like they were bitter that he was proving himself right. What do you think about that? Like if, if we actually have this sort of right-wing resurgence in Americanism and things start getting better, will it radicalize them even more in the opposite direction out of more bitterness that we were right? Oh, yeah, I think so. Absolutely. What I meant by the, the previous comment was more so like, you know, uh, more working class, yeah. middle American types who might still be voting for Democrats and kind of do so while ignoring the more extreme positions that they have because they believe that economically they'll be more able to provide for them. In terms of the radicals who even when things get better, they still want to burn the country down uh, and take out Donald Trump. Those are the people that actually need to probably be imprisoned. Uh, and I don't say that because they disagree with me politically necessarily. I do that because they take to the streets and they dox people and they harass people and threaten people with weapons. Uh, they do things like what is playing on the screen right now. They riot and destroy property. Uh, that's not, those are not activities that take place in a serious country. Uh, and if the leftist DOJ is more than happy to go after Trump supporters when we take a, take a tour of the Capitol, perhaps unsupervised, uh, I think that we should definitely do the same when they do millions of dollars in property damage to our beautiful cities all throughout the country uh, when things don't go the way that they like. And that's the thing. I mean, these people really only respond to force. And you're going to have to be willing to wield that force against them because otherwise they're never going to let you have power. They're never going to let you just exist and do what you were elected to do, which is rule over your people and provide for them and keep them safe. They're just going to be this perpetual thorn in your side. Uh, and they're also going to terrorize your voters. I mean, there were Trump supporters who were murdered by these people and not a whole. I mean, in, what did they have like a shootout with the one guy in the Pacific Northwest? He became a martyr. Vice News did an interview with him it. and made him out to be this. Yeah. And nothing really. There's no accountability. So you can't really have uh, your cake and eat it, too. If you're going to be that guy, you're going to be the guy who leads the charge against the corruption. You're going to have to be willing to deal with the paramilitary soldiers that they have on the street harassing your voters and your base and just people in general. It's crazy when you watch footage of these conflicts between like Proud Boys and Antifa. Yeah. Nobody studies the history of World War II, at least general population wise. The way that it's taught in high school and in college is not a very sophisticated understanding of the dy dynamic. People don't realize that the, the Nazi Party and the communists throughout the 20s in the late teens and the, tw the 20s in Germany – they were brawling on the street. They would go to each other's rallies and events and just start fights. And when I see things yep. like this happening, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not attributing the Proud Boys to Nazism, but I see like a right-wing sort of populist sect trying to save our country fighting against these communists. Antifa is very clearly 
communist, and they seem to be the real instigators of this violence and destruction, and the Proud Boys seem to be a response to it. Yeah, I mean, well, that's why they call us reactionary. It's like we just want to more or less be left alone, live our lives, and these people come and they try to impose on us these completely unnatural and backwards beliefs and lifestyles and ideologies. And so it does reach a point where, like, you know, the Proud Boys, it was just like a drinking club, to my understanding. But then yeah. it became, you know, this rowdier, street brawly sort of organization, uh, more or less like because it had to in the sense that they were going to continue pushing and doing what they were doing. And so there was eventually going to be a response to it. And so that seemed like an obvious group of guys that would be that response. But you're going to continue to see that as the left continues to, uh, as the the older people like to say, overplay their hand. It's not necessarily going to be a pendulum. I don't know if I really believe in that theory. Uh, however, there is going to be more response from people on the right, whether that's at more of a street level or even at an electoral level. I mean, people are going to sort of emerge from the woodwork who have been very successful in industry independently of politics because people who are right wing don't really see the need to get involved in politics. They're very happy to be successful in private industry and maybe, you know, vote Republican or something like that. But I think more of those people, and that's what happened with Donald Trump, uh, are going to emerge from the woodwork, so to speak, and sort of throw their hat in the ring to try to get the country moving uh, in a more positive direction as things continue to decline. We've got about 30 seconds left of this segment before we cut to break. I've really enjoyed our time together. Thank you so much for coming on the American Journal this morning. I just want to get your yeah. thoughts in this last 30 seconds on what you think is going to happen in 2024. Um, I, I think that Donald Trump actually has a serious chance of winning. Uh, I don't know if that means he's going to be an effective president. It might be a repeat uh, of his first administration. Maybe he's a lot better. I think that his circle has been a lot uh more well put together. But I think that's really going to be the question, not so much whether he wins. I think that they know that they don't have the political capital to fortify it again. I think the question is going to be whether he can win and then do a, a successful Trump administration the second time around. Well, thank you so much for joining us this morning, John. It's always a pleasure to speak with you and interact with you. Make sure you guys check him out on x.com at Comrade Doyle. And stick with us, folks. More on the other side. One more hour left of the show this morning before the great Alex Jones on The Alex Jones Show. The satanic New World Order is betting against humanity. They're betting on our weakness. They believe they can destabilize civilization and bring us down into the ashes of history. But the trap they've laid for us will be their destruction, not ours. If we trust in God and if we are valiant and have courage to speak the truth and not comply and engage in civil disobedience and not join the masses, who have decided that they are the scum of the earth, who have decided that they will join with this soulless corporate system. As for InfoWars, we are going to steadfastly continue to fight in the information war with our weapon, the truth, against the enemies of humanity. And we put our faith, and we put our trust, and we put our destiny in the hands of God. Because it's been said a trillion times, if God be with us, who can be against us?